Last week at the end of a Sunday night service, we had a real strong unction to pray for the youth, you know, our kids and our youth. Yeah. And we have a group of youth that are actually leaving in the morning going to camp, yeah. going to, to go to Donnie Moore's camp. I don't know if there's any of the youth here that are going tomorrow. They're probably home getting ready to face the heat. Anyhow, we'll pray blessing on them. But Sabrina's here. I know you're going with them. Who else is going? Oh, Johanna. Awesome. If you're here and you are going, come down here real quick. If you're going tomorrow, either as a a worker or a youth, we got these two. Yay. So what I want you all to do. Yeah. Awesome. And Caden's going too. She's taking Caden with her her baby. Awesome. Yeah. So, Nance, come on over here and and let's just surround them right now as a point of contact. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Sabrina representing the leaders that are going to be at camp and Johanna. Lord, we thank you for. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for rich impartation for all of the youth this week. We know, Lord, that this is a divine appointment for each and every one, not just our youth but all of the youth that will be there. We're asking you, Father, for Holy Ghost encounters. We're asking you for the great anointing and unction upon Brother Donnie and all of those that will be sharing the Word of God. We give you glory, Lord, for lives being eternally changed in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we also surround their physical bodies and we declare no hurt, no harm shall come to any of them. We plead the blood of Jesus over all of them as they're traveling up there tomorrow. Thank you for the angels of the Lord that are encamped round about them and keeping them safe in all of their ways. Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Well, do you agree? I know you do. So everybody that agrees says amen. Praise God. Well, you can be seated now. Now, how many of you were here last Sunday night? You were here. Well, that's a good number of you. Some of you weren't. And, of course, we can't go back and and go over everything that we taught last Sunday night. And it's so awesome that now you can go on our website and you can download the message. You can watch it. Or, of course, you can go to our bookstore and pick up a free CD as well. And I'd encourage you to do that because we're going to just kind of pick up where we left off last week. We are talking about Are We Safe? And we know if we went by the news reports, if we went by the media, and we went by all the stuff that we hear going on out in the world, even if you went by the movie industry, you'd have to say, no, we're not. I just get tired. You know, every movie, it seems like, is about the earth getting invaded by aliens, or we're going to get destroyed by some sort of natural disaster, all promoting fear and anxiety and all of that stuff. But aren't you glad that what man says, what Hollywood does, that's not the source of where we get our answers. That's not what we base our feelings on, or or that's not what we base our expectation on. We can be safe, and we are safe when we know the Lord. I gave you the definition, uh, excuse me, of the word safe. Safe literally means this, to be free from danger, damage, hurt, or harm. And I like this one, to be free from apprehension. 
I'm so thankful that we don't have to be worried and upset and full of anxiety about everything that is going on in the world. There's a constant threat of terrorism and there's always crazy people that go out and and just commit these heinous crimes and, and terrible acts just like things that happened even this past week. But you and I as believers, we can live in a different realm. We got to be here in this world, but we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And this world system doesn't dictate to us how we live. It doesn't dictate to us whether we're safe or not, because we are in a different kingdom. How many in here tonight are in the kingdom of God? Aren't you glad that the Bible says when we get born again that we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And all those horrible things that are happening in our world today are motivated by the spirit of darkness. They're motivated by the devil. But we have good news. Where is the devil for the believer? He's under our feet. And he is a defeated foe. And we know from the word of God that we can enforce his defeat. And all those things that he tries to do in this world will not come nigh our dwelling. We looked at Isaiah 54 last week and one of the verses says, No weapon formed against me will prosper. That's the answer. Can we be safe in an unsafe world? Can we live settled in unsettling times? Yes. And amen. Will the attacks come? Of course they will. By virtue of us being human beings and being in the earth. But the answer is Isaiah 54, I believe it's 17. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Let's just try that on for size tonight. Let's just say that part together. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Well, what does no mean? No means zero. No means nothing. They're going to come, but they're not going to come prosper. They're going to come to naught. And so we also, we began looking at six conditions that are required to live in safety. Living in safety is a promise to the believer. But it's not any different than any other promise that we find in the Word of God. Our spiritual father used to say the promises of God aren't going to fall on you just like ripe cherries off of a tree. you got to go after them. you got to contend for them. you got to obey what the Word of God says. There's conditions to us walking and enjoying the rich blessings and the benefits of being a believer. So let me just rehearse the first three that we talked about. If we're going to live safe in an unsafe world, first of all, we've got to be born again. We already reiterated that. We've got to be in the kingdom of light. And then secondly, we have to walk in the light of the word. Just like we're doing tonight. We've got to hear and obey. We've got to listen. We've got to do. Not just hear, but act on what we hear. That's walking in the light of the word. And then this one's very important. We must be established in righteousness. We have to know who we are in Christ. The Bible says if we are established in righteousness, fear 
will be far from us. Why is that? Because when you're established in righteousness, that means you know who you are in Christ. You know you have right standing with him. You know you have a place and a position in him raised up together with him far above all principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this age. So it's important if you haven't meditated on who you are in Christ Jesus, what he has done for us, those in him truths are so important. We have the little book over in our bookstore and the bookstore sale is still going on. It's a little book by Kenneth E. Hagin called In Him Realities. Go get that book. Meditate on who you are in Christ Jesus. It's a good thing to know. Amen. Then we started and we're going to pick up here tonight the fourth thing about living safe in an unsafe world is we must refuse to fear. Fear opens the door to the devil. We're not going to be afraid of his lies and his tactics. Amen. Let's look at uh, Isaiah chapter 41. And we'll look at verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, that's a good, good verse. We don't have to be afraid because God said, I am with you. I don't think you can get any better than saying, God saying, I'm with you. You know, God's in us. He lives in us. We know God's for us. But he's saying here, I'm also, I'm with you. And I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to help you. And I will uphold you. When it seems like the world may be falling apart. People going to pieces. We don't have to fall apart. We don't have to fall down. Because we are upheld by his mighty hand. Do you remember singing that song? He's got the whole world in his hand. Just think of it. If he's got the whole world in his hand, you're on that world somewhere. And he's upholding not just the world. He's upholding us individually. That makes me happy. He's a very present help, too. He's, a, he's our helper. He'll be with us in a time of trouble. Then let's look over here in that book of Hebrews. Chapter 13, I'm going to give you a lot of word tonight. It's good to have a good arsenal of word when the enemy comes with his lies. Amen. We can counterattack them with the word of God. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There it is again. I think we ought to take a shout break. Woo! He's, his, one minister used to say this about being born again. He's got a grip on you and his grip don't slip. He's not going to let go of you. He's not going to leave you. People might forsake you. People might disappoint you. But he said, I never will. In the Amplified, it says, no, assuredly not. I'll never leave you. Then the verse, verse 6 says, So we may boldly say, 
The Lord is my helper. There it is again. We got some good help. Hallelujah. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is a safe place to be in the palm of his hand. This is a safe dwelling place to know that the Lord is on my side. The Lord is my helper. And we're going to center in on that last phrase here a little bit. What can man do to me? So much fear in this world comes based on what people say. Come based on what we hear on the news or or read on. People don't read newspapers much anymore, but read online. Hear somebody say, bad news is everywhere. And I just came up in my heart as I was looking at that verse. What can man do unto me? Why should I fear what man has to say? Why should I get all upset about what Wall Street has to say or somebody has to say about the economy? That's man's opinion. But our faith and our confidence is not in Wall Street. It's not in this world's economy. So I'm not going to fear. Even if man says, oh, the economy's bad, it's shaky and all this stuff. We don't have to be moved by that. That's man's opinion. We have a higher authority. What about if a doctor comes in and, oh, he looks so sad and he tells you that bad news. Oh, terrible report. Are you going to be afraid? That verse said, I will not fear what man can do unto me, what man has to say. Of course, we respect doctors and we thank God for them. Without doctors, a lot of people would have died, including many Christians. We respect them. But what a doctor says is a man's opinion. And it's not the final authority. When you get bad news from a man, I have a question for you. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. I was talking to a dear sister this morning. My heart got so blessed. I mean, she's not a spring chicken. She's a little elderly there. But she's been going through a battle with cancer. And she's just been going through chemotherapy. And every time she goes, she tells me everybody around her was sick and all talking about how awful this treatment was making them feel. She goes in there with food, with a lunch. No nausea, hasn't been sick whatsoever. And the people are like, how do you do that? She said, well, first of all, of course, she believes the report of the Lord. I thank God for the doctor, but I have a higher report, and I know I'm healed, and I know this cancer is not going to stay in my body. She's been declaring that. And then before she takes take the treatment, she'd pray over it right in front of the doctors and everybody administering to it. I pray over this. It's only going to do good. It's only going to kill the cancer and no evil side effects. She told me today she had several masses in her body. Two of them are gone. Hallelujah. Just gone. The others are shrinking. Hallelujah. So the last time she went in there for chemotherapy, the people next to her said, Now, what are you doing? She said, Oh, let's pray. They wanted her to pray over their chemo before they took it too because they seen how it's working. Whose report will you believe? She's doing doing what she knows to do medically, but she's got a higher report. And that's the way we got to look at it. Man is not the final authority in any area 
of our life. Amen. We're not going to be snared by it. As a matter of fact, this verse in Proverbs 29:25 tells us really that we're not, we're not supposed to listen to that. The fear of man brings a snare. Proverbs 29:25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Let me just read it again. Proverbs 29:25. The fear of man brings a snare. So if we put man, elevate them way up here and give them the place do God, we're in for disappointment and we're in for being snared. If we put the word of a doctor or a lawyer, how about mama or papa or grandma? Now, I'm not getting on your grandma because I is a grandma. But too often people have this attitude. Now, grandma taught it and I bought it. I don't care if it's not in the Bible. My sweet little grandma told me it was so. Well, your grandma might not know what the Word of God says. And if you take everything that granny has to say, you could be snared and brought captive. Snared literally means this, a kind of a trap that tempts or something that entangles. When we get messed up with false doctrine or we, you know, somebody all their lives has been told that God put sickness on us to teach us something. Where's that in the Bible? Well, granny told me that. I love your granny, but granny's wrong. That will ensnare us. And if we get so caught up in all of this stuff that people have taught us and the traditions of men and and even religious thinking, those are traps of the devil to keep you ensnared so you won't walk free. And a lot of that ensnarement and those traps are motivated by fear. Fear. Fear that I'm going to die young. Fear that I'm going to have the same sickness that sweet little grandma had. Or or afraid that I'm going to be broke, poor, and disgusted like everybody else in my family. Those are snares and those are traps. We break through by by believing the Word of God. You know, bondages are not just drugs and alcohol and all of that stuff. Worry and fear are just as bad because they will kill you and they will take you captive to the enemy's plans. But we're not going to fear. We're not going to be bound by worry. I heard someone say this about worry. Worry's like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but you'll never get anywhere. (laughs) You'll be stuck. You'll be ensnared, going back and forth and back and forth, but not making any progress. So get out of that rocking chair of worry. Amen. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. It's a trap. It's an ensnarement. But we're not going to fall to that. We're not going to fear the devil. He's a defeated foe. And we're not going to fear what man will do unto us or what the lies of men may say. You and I, this is who we're called to fear. A better word for it would be reverence. And it is the Lord and his word. Again, in Proverbs 19, verse 23, the fear of the Lord. 
leads to what? Can y'all read? Come on. The fear of the Lord leads to? How many of you want life? How many of you want life? And life more abundantly. And then I like this. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. And he will not be visited with evil. Isn't that good? The reverence of the Lord leads to life. We're not going to fear the devil. We're not going to feel evil coming up on us. We're going to reverence and honor the Lord. And when we do that, we're going to be satisfied. And we're not going to be visited with evil. I'd get happy if I were you. Did you realize here in this passage what it's saying? Being content and being satisfied will keep the door closed to evil visiting your house. Put that back up there. Do you see that in that? Being satisfied will keep evil out of your house. If you could put that verse back up there. He who abides in satisfaction will not be visited with evil. You know that in this day and the age that we live in, People being satisfied and being content is a rare thing. It's like you get a house, you need a bigger house. You get a car, you need a newer car. And what about all the electronic gadgets? I mean, people will go and stay out all night on a sidewalk, wait in line for a new phone. Good grief, they'll be there tomorrow. But that is a dissatisfaction. People don't know how to be satisfied and to be content with what they have. That's, that's things. How many people are hopping from marriage to marriage because their wife gets a little bit older and they want to trade her in on a new model? Not satisfied. Not content. <laughs> But you know what? Not just, not just men do that. Women do it too. They look at their husband and then they say, what happened to that hunk that I married? You've got, my brother used to say it like this, I've got furniture problems. My chest has fallen into my drawers. <laughs> You'll get that if you didn't yet. <laughs> you know, pastor's been talking the last two Sundays even about that. We might... Our outward man might be getting a little bit older. But we have to be satisfied. We have to be content with our mate, with our kids, with whatever you're, you are, wherever you're at in your life. Of course we can strive for better and believe God for a, a better job and all of that stuff. But dissatisfaction, I saw that so clear in that verse, is an open door to the enemy. For him to visit with evil. We need to be content in the Lord. Be happy in him. Be a worshiper of God. Praise him. Be thankful. It's a good thing just to be thankful. Over in Timothy it talks about the ungeneration. Unholy. Ungrateful. Unthankful. 
And you know all of that stuff just opens the door wide for the enemy to uh, run havoc in people's hearts and in their lives. Always got to get more. Always have got to have better. I'm at peace with what I have. How about you? I'm at peace in Him. I'm content in Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus satisfies the longing soul. I will not fear men. I will not have to have more to make me happy. I've got Him. What else could we want? Satisfied in Him. That keeps the door closed to the evil one. Then another point, point five, about how we can be safe in unsafe times is to abide, dwell, live in Him. Our safety has to do with our dwelling place. Not where we live in the natural, not your residence, your physical address. People can live in a gated community in a mansion, and terrorists can still find a way to get in there. Gates and locks don't keep the devil out. But I know Christians that in the natural live in what the world would say, a bad neighborhood. But they are the safest of the safe because that physical address isn't where they're really living. They know where they're living. They know where they're abiding. They're abiding in Him. If you abide in me, hallelujah, there is safety. Amen? Talk about security. Talk about a safe house. Living and dwelling in Him. Amen? The Lord's able to give you blessed peace and sleep regardless of what's going on in the neighborhood. Aren't you glad? Psalms 4.8 even says that. I will both lay down in peace and sleep. For you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember hearing this story. It was during World War II and... And in London was being bombarded. You know, all that stuff was going on over there. And every night they'd hear these raid, the bomb sirens would go off. And it would mean they'd have to go to these bomb shelters to be safe. So it was a regular occurrence that night after night they'd have to get up in the middle of the night and go to this bomb shelter. And there was this one lady that was always there at the bomb shelter. Well, she wasn't there for several nights in a row. So they all just assumed that maybe she had left the city. Well, a few days later, this gentleman saw her on the street. He said, oh, are you back? Did you go somewhere? She said, no, I didn't go anywhere. I've been here the whole time. Well, we haven't seen you at the bomb shelter. She said, no, I'm not going to come anymore. I found a scripture in the Bible. It's found in Psalms 121 that says that the Lord never slumbers nor sleeps. And so I figured if he's going to be awake, no point in us both been awake. So I'm just going to rest in the Lord. He said he gives his beloved sleep. He's not slumbering. He's not sleeping. He's watching over me. So I'm going to be safe and I'm just going to get a good night's sleep. Hallelujah. No matter where we live, that ought to be our attitude. The Lord gives his beloved sleep. The Lord's watching over me. I dwell in safety because I dwell in him. Hallelujah. 
Now there's a wonderful scripture about being safe. And this is our safe house. Let me just tell you a little bit about a safe house. A safe house is a place, a house or a place used by intelligence agencies or organizations as a refuge or a hiding place. And when people are in trouble and they get to this safe house, I find this interesting. They're going to be safe from the bad guys. They're also going to be out of hurt or harm's way, but they're also going to be provided for. You may have seen it in some of the movies. You know, somebody is running and they've got to get to the safe house. And they get to the safe house and they pull out this little brick in the wall or whatever. And it's a new passport and it's money and there's clothes and everything that they need. I got to thinking about that. We have a safe house. And in our safe house, all that we need is provided for. Our Heavenly Father is watching over us. He's keeping us safe, but He's also meeting all of our needs. Isn't that good? So let's look tonight at Psalms 91. This is just an amazing psalm about protection. And I encourage you to meditate on this psalm on a regular basis. And tonight we're going to just read all of these verses. And we'll just stop and maybe make a few comments here. Psalms 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. My little spirit-filled Bible here. I love the notes about the Almighty. It, it says it means all-powerful. El Shaddai. It means He is God Almighty. It means that He is unconquerable. It means that He is the all-sufficient God, eternally capable of being all that His people need Him to be. Woo! That's who we're hooked up with. That's who we're living with. You know, it's good to have maybe a roommate that's really nice or a spouse that you really love. It's good to live in a peaceful house where you all get along. Guess what, folks? We're living with the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Good place to abide. Good place to dwell. Dwell literally means to set up residence. Have you taken up residence in Him? In Him we live and move and have our being. Well, let's keep on reading here in verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. That's good. Are you, what are you saying? We need to be saying he is our fortress. Let's read verse 3 through 4 together. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings shall you take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. We'll stop right there for a minute. Aren't you thankful That we don't have to be ensnared by the devil. He keeps us from the snare of the fowler. The devil is a fowler because he's always fouling things up. But not for us. We know who he is and we stop those attacks of the enemy. And then I love how it says he's going to cover you with his feathers. 
I heard a story of a lady that she had been in church and they'd been teaching on the 91st Psalm and she was walking. I don't know if it was the same night, but she was walking in a dark parking lot. And some guy came up behind her and was trying to steal her purse and, and attacked her. And she just was taken so off guard, she couldn't quote the whole 91st Psalm. So she just started screaming, feathers, 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 feathers. And the guy looked at her like, what? And she just got right in his face, feathers, feathers, feathers. And he thought, man, she is crazy. And he ran away. You know, the word works. Even if you can't quote it just right, God knows what God knows what you know in your heart. And she knew she was covered under the feathers of the Lord, and no evil could befall her. Hallelujah. The word works. He is our safe place. He is our protector. Amen. Now let's keep on reading here. Verse five. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Everybody lift your hands and say, that's me. No pestilence. No plague. No terror attack, no destruction will come nigh my dwelling in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's keep on reading here in verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. In the Amplified, I love that. It says only a spectator shall you be. Yourself inaccessible. Ha ha ha. Woo! Everybody, somebody get happy with me. I'm, just say this, I'm inaccessible to the attacks of the devil. Ha ha. You yourself, only you're going to be a spectator because we're inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let's just thank him. Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord. You have given your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. We thank you, Lord, that the angels of the Lord, they are encamped round about us. We thank you, Lord. No evil shall come nigh our dwelling, neither shall any plague come nigh us. Glory be to God. We are the safest of the safe. Our confidence, our trust is in you. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Ha ha ha. Thank you, Lord. And speak the word, not only over your own life, but speak the word over your neighborhood. Speak the word over your city. Speak the word over the Bay Area. Speak the word over our state. Speak the word over our nation. This is our territory. This is our domain. And the wicked one touches us not in the name of Jesus. Agree with me right now. I'm going to declare this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood 
over our nation from border to border, from coast to coast. The angels of the Lord are encamped round about our nation. Oh, my, 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 we thank you, Lord. Even those that are involved in the security of our land, those that work on our borders, give them eyes to see. That they may see, not even just with their natural eyes, but open up their eyes, understanding and perception. Hallelujah. Those that intend evil against our nation. Any plans, plots, schemes of the devil. Any terrorist attacks that are in the making. We declare they come to naught. In the name of Jesus. They are apprehended. They are stopped. Amen. That's how we stay out of fear. We declare, we say of the Lord what this word has said. Amen. Why is that? Because verse 9, because you and I, that's me, that's you. We have made the Lord our refuge. Even the Most High, what is he? He is our dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Hallelujah. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because we have set our love upon him. Therefore, I know he will deliver me. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and with honor him and with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What kind of life? I mean, that's a good promise to claim right there. If we're dwelling in this secret place, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, we're receiving strength from Him. Just hanging out with God in His place causes who He is to get on us. And He is strength. He is life. He is health. Hanging out with God, He'll infuse you with life. Cause you to live long, 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 long upon this earth. Live long and finish strong. Amen. That's us. That's us. Glory be to God. Now last week we read Psalms 27, like verse 1 through 3. And I want to go over there tonight. Psalms 27, verse 4 through 5. Everybody still doing good here? One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. We are established upon the rock. And it's the rock that won't roll. And it's not Rocky Balboa rock. It's the rock of Jesus. It's not the rock, the wrestler. Jesus is the original rock. Hallelujah. We're established upon him. Amen. Now let's continue here tonight. We've got a few more minutes and we're going to talk about this last one. If we're going to be safe in an unsafe world, we have to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. What's that have to do with being safe? Well, the answer is everything. Learning to be led can save your life. When you know how to listen to your inward man, it can cause you to be at the right place at the right time. It can cause you to avoid being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Through the years, we have heard testimonies, even during the the 89 earthquake, of people that usually work in San Francisco. They didn't. They felt in their heart not to go, not to go into the city that day. They weren't on the bridge when it collapsed. We've heard testimonies of people, even during 9/11, that attack on the twin towers, that something on the inside of them told them not to go to work. That something is someone living on the inside of believers. Is it that hard to be led by the Spirit of God? No, it isn't. It's not a I see, I saw riding in the sky. I heard thunder. I heard this voice. No. You know, there was a prophet in the Old Testament. He was trying to hear from God and he said he wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the lightning. He wasn't in all these booming sounds. He was in the still, small voice. He lives here on the inside of us. And it's not that difficult to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says over in John chapter 10, we don't want to take a lot of time here and read all these scriptures. Actually, first I want to read this one in Proverbs 1, 33, and then we'll go there. Proverbs 1, 33. But whosoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. But all who listen to me, in a New Living Translation, that verse, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Jesus is our good shepherd. A few months ago, Pastor did an excellent teaching on the Good Shepherd. You should download that and listen again on Psalms 23. But he is our Good Shepherd. The Bible says that in verse 1 and 2 of Psalms 23. And he makes us to lie down in green pastures. And he leads us beside still waters. That's what a Good Shepherd does. He takes you to a place where you can be nourished. Green pastures denotes provision. He doesn't take us to a burnt, dry field. Green pastures. And he leads us beside still waters. Because sheep won't drink out of troubled waters. So you say, well, how can I know? How can I 
know for sure that I can hear and be led by my spirit. Over in John chapter 10, the Bible says that he is our shepherd. We are his sheep. And as sheep, we know our shepherd's voice. You can look that up. It's up there. John 10, 4 and 5 is where it talks about that. He speaks to us. And we hear his voice. And I like how it says at the end of verse 5, the voice of a stranger, we're not going to follow. It's not that hard to know his voice. Let me ask you a question. Terry, I know you and George have been married, I mean, what? 49 years. You get a trophy. I know. No, (laughs) He's not here, so I can say that. But let me ask you a question. If George calls you on the phone, do you have to say, who is this? Never. Why are you calling me? Because why? She recognizes his voice because she spent 49 years living with the man. Let me ask you a question, Nance. If Ryan calls you from Nebraska, Ryan's her youngest son, do you have to say, who is this and what do you want? No, she knows. That's why we, we have this thing. Our youngest son, sometimes when we call, we know their voice. We'd like to say, I don't know who you are, because most of the time they're calling for money. Anyhow. <laughs> We're the bank. Mom, mom is another name for bank. No, not really. But <laughs> we know. We know our spouse's voice. We know our kid's voice. We don't have to say, who are you and what do you want? Why are you calling me? Wrong number. We've been spending time with them. And it's the same. This verse says Jesus is our shepherd. We're his sheep. If we hang out with him, we're going to know his voice. And it isn't that hard. Call unto me and I will answer you. And some people think, it's just too hard. I I can't learn to be led. Oh, yes, you can. It's amazing to me if you study the epistles when the church was just being birthed. It's so awesome how many times that they were seeking the Lord about something. And all it says is it seemed good. It seemed good to us. It seemed good on the inside. They didn't get any big booming voice. The church was birthed. Churches were established all over the known world, mostly by people just following. It seemed good on the inside. So just watch. Practice. Taking just a few minutes. And let it seem good. Or if it seems bad, don't do it. If you got a check, you got a yuck on the inside, stop. Don't follow other voices. The sheep know the voice of the good shepherd. There's many voices in the world today. There's voices that are saying, come over here. Walk in this. Come over here. Do this. Come over here. We got revelation outside of the Bible. Come over here. We walk in love. We don't judge anybody. We don't condemn anybody. Come on over here and compromise with us. Don't listen to those voices. 
that say the Bible's outdated. Or that we don't have to obey what Jesus said. We are the sheep of our precious shepherd. We're going to stay safe by listening to his voice and following his word, not the voice of a stranger. You know, there used to be that tell kids, danger, stranger. If somebody approached them, danger, stranger, run from them. There's some Christian TV on that sometimes I hear what they're saying and I'm like, danger, stranger, I'm turning you off. It's a strange voice. Just because they're on Christian TV doesn't mean everything they're selling and peddling is right either. You listen on the inside whether you should buy into that or not. We are led by the Spirit of God. We need to learn to look on the inside. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for causing us to prosper in all of our ways. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's all just stand and begin to thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for leading and guiding us. Hallelujah. You know, another thing that's so important on how can I be assured that I am hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd? How can I know that my spirit is a safe guide? By building yourself up in the Word of God. But don't you love that scripture in Jude 1.20 that says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit.